Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hello again, my beautiful people. The episode you are about to listen to is one of my favorite recordings I've done to date. My guest this week is Gail Becker, the founder and CEO of Call of Power, the third fastest growing food brand in America and available in over 25,000 stores and 5,000 restaurants nationwide. Gail's experience spans journalism, political campaigns, government and marketing, having held senior positions in a myriad of industries and organizations, including Edelman, Warner Brothers, and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources. She also has a Master of Science degree in journalism from Northwestern University and a Bachelor of Science in Political Science from UCLA. Gail achieved all of this as a mother of two fantastic boys, and when they were diagnosed with celiac disease at an early age, Gail was disappointed that the gluten-free options in grocery stores were limited, unhealthy, and frankly, didn't taste great. So she left her job in corporate America to do something about it, and she launched Cauliflower in 2017 with a mission to reinvent America's favorite comfort foods to be tasty, convenient, and nutritious. I am a huge fan, and I believe she fully succeeded in this mission. In this episode, Gail walked me through her experience of becoming an entrepreneur in an industry to which she was entirely new. Towards the end of the episode, Gail said something that has stuck with me ever since. If you don't bet on yourself, no one else will. Please do yourself a favor and listen to this entire episode and share it with someone you love. Gail left me so inspired and full of energy, and I know she'll do the same for you. To receive a coupon link for any Kalapower product, simply send them a DM on social media at Kalapower and mention Woman Inc. Podcast. You can find Gail on Instagram at Gail Becker. Now let's get over to my conversation with Gail. So nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you too, Jenna. I've heard great things. Oh, thank you, Gail. How are you doing? I am doing, you know what, given the state of the world, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, right? I mean, we're healthy, you know, it's it's beautiful out, I don't know, and uh, everything else is that kind of gravy, but it is crazy, crazy days to run a food company. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I can imagine. I'm doing well. I feel like we are all just winging it, right? We're like just trying to get yeah. through it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Every single day. Every single day. Yeah. 
So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have oh, been a so time fan. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank you. I'm so glad. Uh, well, we'll have to make sure and send you some uh, some goodies after this. Oh, I would love that. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll tell Cam. Excellent. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So just to start off, first, yeah. when I was reading your bio, my first thought is just like, this woman is complete goals. All of the <laughs> that you've accomplished is so impressive. And then my second thought is just instantly trying to wrap my head around what your days possibly could have looked like in the years of building the woman that would create this resume, right? Mm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm just like... It makes me almost tired thinking of all of the things accomplished, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> makes me tired too. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's funny. I don't always have the privilege of looking back like that. It's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's been quite a slog, but all good. So I'm curious how you became the woman who could be that dedicated and who could create something this big with your career. Wow. So first of all, I should probably say that, you know, at no point in time in starting Kali Power, did I ever imagine that it would actually be this big. I, um, I wish I could say, you know, I graduated with a business plan. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to build the company by this age and, you know, then build it to a certain size and do all of these magical things with it. Nothing would be further from the truth. I I started Kali Power really out of a passion, out of a, almost a calling, to be honest with you. It must have been something crazy if I, you know, somehow managed to quit my, you know, pretty successful career in corporate America and like bet it all on a vegetable, right? And so obviously there was a little bit of craziness hooked up in there, but it's been, you know, a crazy, wonderful journey. That has been the hardest thing I have ever imagined times 10. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. It has really surpassed every, you know, hope I could have had. And, you know, really, it's just a privilege to be able to be a part of people's lives and dinner tables in the way that we are. And every day, I just work that much harder to try and earn that place. Wow. It's very inspiring and also very honest, which I think is very important. <laughs> very important. Yes, yes. Uh, however hard people out there imagine it to be, times it by, you know, a good hundred or so. Right. So can you then walk us back? You have an incredibly successful career even before Call of Power. So what did you, what was your thought process going into like college years and your early days in building your career? What did you think you wanted to do? Well, what a great question. I actually wanted to be a journalist and I spent many years doing exactly that. I worked um, in local news. I worked in Washington and I was very happy there. It was actually personal reasons that brought me back to Los Angeles. And, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what I would do once I got here. And, you know, I worked in government for a little while. I worked in the corporate world. And ultimately, I ended up getting a job in public relations and working my way up to the top of the world's largest marketing communications firm. And when I got there, I realized, 
I don't like the view so much. And I knew I wanted to make a change. I knew I wanted to do something more meaningful with my life. But to be honest with you, I didn't really know what that was. I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know how it would present itself. But that's what sort of got my brain started. And then, so you have two boys. Yes. And both were celiac, correct? Yeah. So, right. I'm the mom of two boys with celiac disease. And they were diagnosed at such a young age that there was no gluten-free food in the store. So everything they needed and wanted, I would have to make from scratch, including if it was a birthday cake, I'd have to make the frosting too. And what it did, it gave me a really interesting perch from which to watch the gluten-free industry evolve. And over the years, I began to notice how much junk, quote-unquote, the industry was putting in gluten-free food. More fat, sugar, salt, calories, and less nutrients. And I sort of waited around for the industry to do something, but they never did. So I think it's really fair to say that cauliflower was born out of a frustration of waiting. I made cauliflower crust pizzas one night. I I found a recipe on the internet. There were 569,000 the day that I looked. And I picked one and it was okay. Not great. It was all right. And a couple weeks later, my son said, hey, mom, are you going to make that cauliflower crust pizza thing again? And I said, I remember the response came from so deep in my gut. And I said, there's no way I'm making that thing again because it took 90 minutes to make a pizza crust after I got home from a full day of work. I said, but I'll tell you what, I'll find it for you. And I looked everywhere. I looked in groceries. I looked online. I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I really put all of these things together, my disenchantment with corporate life, the recent passing of my father, who was an entrepreneur, he was an immigrant, he came to this country with nothing. And it really made me, you know, want to follow in his entrepreneurial footsteps in some way. And then the realization that I can't be the only one who thinks 90 minutes is too long to make a pizza crust. So I put all of those things together. And what I came out with was, I know I'm going to leave my job and start a company called Collie Power. And that is what I did in May of 2016. Wow. <laughs> I, I just got full chills. So it's one thing to have this idea and say, okay, this doesn't exist in the marketplace. I have my son's, this personal connection to it. I could see this being needed, but then actually going and creating a business you've never created before. So how did you map this out? How did you start to outline how this would become not just a product, but a business? It's such an interesting point. And um, I know before we started, I I was telling you how I just was able to speak to a lot of uh, Girl Scouts on entrepreneurship. And the interesting thing that it, it came up during the conversation is sort of what separates an entrepreneur from everyone else. And to me, it can really best be, you know, exemplified by the notion of it's not just a good idea. Lots of people have good ideas. Yes, cauliflower crust pizza obviously was a good idea, but lots of people have good ideas. The difference with an entrepreneur is the execution on that. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me. Oh my God, I thought about starting a cauliflower crust pizza company. So it was actually, you know, that, that actual first step and the decision to do it is really everything. 
And so um, for me, what that looked like was I sat down at the kitchen table. I put my two sons there because I wanted them to witness the starting of this company. I wanted them to see that, you know, even, you know, a little bit later in my life and in my career, I was, you know, taking a risk and betting on myself. And so I sat them down and I called the only person I knew in the food business. And I said, Hey, I have this crazy idea. I don't know anything about the food business. What do you think? And she said, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And then I sort of just took it from then. It was almost like a calling. I can tell you now, I love when people now say, um, oh my God, that was so smart to start this company. No, at the time it was stupid. I mean, I took everything I had and I put it in a company that I knew nothing about, (laughs) but it was a calling. It was something that I just had to follow. I owed it to myself. I think in my in my heart, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was just too scared to start, and I didn't know how to start. And so in starting Collie Power, I did the only thing that I really knew how to do, which was I hired people and consultants smarter than me to teach me about the business. And I was like a sponge. I still am a sponge. I learn something new every day, and it's one of my favorite parts of the business. Oh, that's that is amazing. So, how long would you say between this idea and when you actually launched? Did you get the feeling like, oh wow, this is actually going to work? Well, first of all, I still ask myself if it's going to work every <laughs> single day. I never quite relax. <laughs> I will say that I left my job. So, just to take a step back. I left my job in May of 2016 to start Collie Power. I tried to, you know, in all honesty, I did try to start it before while I still had the comfort of my and the security of my old job. But to be honest with you, it's hard to start a company between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m. So I quickly gave up on that idea. And so I left in May 2016. And between that time and the time that we launched in February of 2017, I just built the company. I made the product and I built the company. And I did it, you know, without telling anybody. And it's funny now that we're all working back at home because, you know, this is, I'm, I'm like literally a hundred feet from where I started the company. And, you know, it's funny as we grew, we got nice office space, which I used to love to go to. And it's just funny that, you know, I ended up right back where I started. <laughs> but never within that time did I think, oh my God, this is going to work. I really didn't. It was really not until we launched and I began to see retailer feedback and I began to see consumer feedback, you know, that I thought, huh, maybe this is something. But I think the point is, you know, all during that time, I always used to say, why me? what what is it about me that makes me think that I could do this or I should be doing this what you know this shouldn't happen what's so special about me and I think what I've evolved to over the last five years because you know we launched in February 2017 but I left my job in 2016 was well why not me Mm. and hence why not you 
So if you're out there and you're thinking, you know, there doesn't have to be this sort of monumental moment in time when you realize, oh my God, of course this is me. There doesn't, you know, for me, it, it, it really hasn't even, it didn't come until, you know, fairly recently where I just said, yeah, why not me? And why not you? Yes. I love that so, so much. And I think that is so necessary for young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that haven't become entrepreneurs to know mm -hmm. that I think it's very rare for people to actually feel ready. Like, oh, I am the yes. person to do this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's well said. Yes. Right. So now that you are fully in the thick of it and you are running this company, how do you push yourself forward on the days where you are just like, I don't want to do it today. <laughs> You're tired or worn down. How do you keep moving well, forward? Well, as you can see, I don't know if anyone else can see, but as you can see, I'm drinking my coffee as we speak. <laughs> so uh, caffeine helps a lot. What do I do on those days? Those days definitely exist. I look at our social media and not at our feed, but all the people who are out there tagging us or sending us notes or, you know, I mean, we get notes and emails and letters and all. someone the other day wrote a poem, They're, you know, wrote a poem about what Kali Power has done for their life. It was like, I want to blow it up and frame it. But I don't think people realize how much that keeps an entrepreneur going. It's funny, early on, I got this wonderful note. Right when we launched, I got this, I'll never forget this wonderful note from this woman who took such a thoughtful time just to say thank you. Thank you for coming up with Kali Power. It's really had this positive impact in my life. Then she happened to include her phone number. So I picked up the phone and called her. And I just thanked her because I wanted her to know that it really helped me. And on dark days, it really helps keep me going. All of that helps me. Keep I see everything. Sometimes I'll comment. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes someone says something nice and I, I say, hey, we're going to give you a free pizza. But I see everything. And it is the fuel that keeps me going every single day. Yeah, I could completely imagine that. It's like such a two-way street where you are working so hard for your mission to do this, but the mission doesn't exist without the people that the mission is. Exactly. 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 That's exactly right. So once you become this entrepreneur and people start to know you through Call of Power and what you've built, does that come with a whole new set of pressure of like, okay, before you have nothing to lose because you didn't build it yet. And now is it like, I have to keep up this now. I'm, I can imagine it would come with more pressure. Jenna, it is such an astute observation and one that I have made several times, but I've never heard anybody make to me. It's funny. I'm reminded back to when I worked in corporate America and I used to run this program where, you know, I, I used to run sort of the women's program at the company to help, you know, female leaders rise and be encouraged to stay and just, you know, outperform. And I remember when I had to tell uh, our head of HR that I was getting divorced. I remember saying to her, I feel so bad because I feel like here I'm being held up as this example of this woman who can have it all. She can have this career and her kids and this great marriage. And now 
I'm getting divorced and I feel like I'm going to be letting people down. And I remember without skipping a beat, she said to me, oh, Gail, it's actually quite the opposite. What you're showing these women is that, you know, it's okay to stumble. And in some ways, you know, even look out for yourself and better your own life and still maintain, you know, everything you're doing in your career and for your kids and ultimately for yourself. And that was such a pivotal moment for me because I honestly believe that. And it's one of the reasons why I do feel a responsibility to be, you know, a hundred percent honest about how damn hard this is, how just excruciatingly challenging it is for me and for everybody else. But I used to really enjoy those days hiding out in my office when nobody knew what the hell I was doing because exactly for that reason, because I didn't have to worry about letting everyone, anyone down. Now I do feel that responsibility, but I don't take it so personally. I'm just doing the best that I can do. And everyone else is doing the best that they can do. And you know what? That's enough. Yes. That is enough, particularly in this world when we are being stretched and challenged in so many different ways. It's enough. And I, I love the community that we have built. And I feel like they really understand that. And I just don't look down. I feel like I need to pay you for a therapy session. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'm always happy. looking for extra cash. <laughs> no, this is really inspiring and I think incredibly hitting home for me and I'm sure hitting home for a lot of women, but not to make it a man versus woman thing, but I do feel like men in general are allowed to like segment their worlds. They can be successful in their career and that's successful, whereas I know a lot of women and I know I personally feel this way where we feel like we have to be successful as a whole. Every area yeah. of life has to be like on point. Yes. What is it about women that make it so hard on ourselves? We make it so hard on ourselves. It's so true. You know, and you, we get that question sometimes like, you know, we have to lose the guilt. There, you know, we just have to lose the guilt, lose the worry, you know, and, and join forces. And I, I do hope that that's changing. Look, I'm victim to it, too. I, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I challenge myself all the time or I second guess myself all the time. But it's only in the pursuit of, you know, doing something really meaningful, something that's really going to help people. It's only because we care so much that we do that and that is a you know something that i think women really bring to business you know it's the you know obviously the smarts you know and then some in fact you know women i don't probably not telling you anything you don't know women you know female founded businesses perform better than male founded businesses that's not an observation that's a fact you know from an investment point of view but you know we go all in we go all in, you know, brain, heart, soul, and it, that kind of additional pressure just comes from the fact 
that we care so much, which is really a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a superpower. It is a superpower. Well said. (laughs) So what does your day look like now, like your day to day? Are you able to now kind of hand off the parts that you don't love as much and focus on what lights you up? Or do you still find yourself doing a lot? Well, so the good news is the team's a lot bigger now when it was just me and in my dingy home office. So, you know, we have 50 people now and they're all the best in the business and it's fantastic. And I'm, you know, just honored that they decide to put all their smarts toward cauliflower. But it is still, still a lot and there are challenges every day. And I do get to focus on the things that I really love, but I also have to focus on, you know, the myriad of challenges that happen every single day and every single week. So it's a mix. It's a mix. But, you know, it's one that, you know, you have to take as the founder. Yeah. And I'm actually very curious about the subject of hiring. And I don't hear a lot about this because it's so important who you bring into your team. And that creates the whole culture and the community of the company. Is there something in particular you look for when you're interviewing? It's such a good question. It is so vital. And it's funny because I would say that Collie Power today is made up of two kinds of individuals. People like me who had no food experience and who wanted to take, you know, a massive, you know, change in their life or a new path or new direction or start over. There's a fair amount of us like that. But in order to have that side of Collie Power and that sort of outside thinking, you also have to have all the expertise and people who have worked in the food business for many years and have lots of years of experience and bring all that expertise to the game. So it is really that mix, that healthy mix that I think keeps us so, you know, dynamic and forward thinking. I will say that, you know, in terms of what I personally look for, I do look for, you know, a passion, um, a knowledge of the brand, I can't tell you on more than one occasion, I'll say to a candidate, oh, so, you know, what do you think of the pizza or something? And they'll say, oh, you know what? I haven't tried it yet, but, you know, I'm like, okay, you're stupid. Because even if you haven't tried it, you should say you did. I've never hired, let's just say I've never hired anyone who told me they didn't try the product and I could probably leave it at that. But, you know, but you have to want it. You know, this is food. This is food. You have to love what food does and how it brings people together and the joy of trying it and innovating and challenging and, you know, meal sharing. So, um, so I do look for that and you don't always find it. Yeah, no, I can imagine it's hard to find. So do you remember your first big win where you were like, Oh my God, we just did that. Like a big account or some moment. (laughs) like I do my children's birth it would be like it goes you know the two birth of my children and that moment it was so we first pitched 30 whole food stores in southern California and I couldn't even get a meeting the only thing that I could do was like drop off my little styrofoam case of pizzas filled with ice and I dropped it off at the front desk of, you know, the, the regional office of Whole Foods and sort of left. And, you know, it was like dropping off my third child. <laughs> yeah, <you're totally. laughs> and 
So about a week later, this is the crazy part. A week later, I was in Washington, D.C., attending this White House event for my friend who's an entrepreneur. And she was leading a discussion. She invited me. I happened to be back east, so I thought, sure, I'll come. So it was like about all this whole event about female entrepreneurship. Afterwards, I had some time to kill. I go into a Starbucks. I look at my email, and this email from the Whole Foods buyer says, you know what? We liked your product. We're going to bring it into 30 stores. I literally let out a scream in the middle of this Starbucks. There was no one with me. I wasn't with anyone. I wanted to buy the entire Starbucks a latte. I'm like, everybody, drinks are on me, even though I didn't have a dime to my name. And it was just one of those magical moments that you never forget uh, where you were or who you were with or, you know, the impact that it had. And so that was my first big, big moment. That is so magical. <laughs> and to this point, you're fully self-funded at this point. It was just me. Yeah, it was just me. Oh. It was crazy. So, you, yeah, you get that call and you're like, I'm sure part of you goes, oh my God, we just made it. And then part of you is like, how are we going to do this? Or did, it did. Yeah. Were you set up for that type of scale? No. Um, <laughs> ish. Ish. So yes, we were set up for it, but then life happens, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't about like set up with it on paper. Sure. Like we were ready to go. But then life intervenes, and what happened in this case was, so we were all set, you know, the pizzas were leaving the manufacturing plant in the Midwest, and were, you know, on their way in the middle of winter in a big truck on the way to the, to the distribution center to go make its way onto Whole Foods. Well, when the truck left the manufacturing plant uh, and got to the distribution center, the gate was closed. The, he, the driver missed the gate appointment, so he couldn't get in. So then he drove back to the manufacturing plant because he had to, you know, there was nowhere for him to go, and that gate was closed. And so, and meanwhile, people are calling me, and I am, you know, literally freaking out. And it, the truck basically, thank God it was winter in the middle of, uh, in the Midwest, and the truck you know, my pizzas, my entire life savings, everything I had was locked up in a truck, you know, in the middle of a frozen highway. And, you know, I, I basically stayed up with it all night along with the driver. And, you know, I always say that I now know what it's like to be an expectant father because, you know, <laughs> your entire livelihood is like right in front of you and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. But fortunately, you know, the, the guy made it. I gave him a little bonus. He made it to the distribution center on time. And, and the rest, as they say, is pizza history. Wow. That is such a good story. So then Whole Foods really put you on the map. That is when you felt you started to be recognized as a brand. Yeah. So we were just in 30 Whole Foods stores. But then when we launched at Expo West, which is like the big natural food show, in March of 2017, that's when we started to get all of this interest from lots of other retailers. And, you know, we launched in February of 2017 and we were in Walmart by October of that year, which is pretty extraordinary, pretty extraordinary. So, yeah. Probably extraordinary. You have grown so yeah. fast. <laughs> I mean, 
We have, yes. People, I don't think your listeners can see me. My hair is very curly. I like to say when I started, my hair was straight, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love the curly hair. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, no time for anything else. So So I'm always very curious with once you have a brand and you have become known as an entrepreneur, how do you find time to decompress? Do you take weekend? Well, obviously you don't take weekends off. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Saturday right now. Is it not? (laughs) Um, When it's your own business, you never have a day off. I haven't taken a day off in five years. I'm not complaining about that because I signed up for that. And, you know, it is a very fine line when you're the founder between the company and your personal life. It is a very, very thin and fuzzy line. And mostly that's a good thing, right? Because to go back to what we were talking about earlier, that's what makes you care. That's what makes you work so hard. That's what makes you want to see results. The bad part of that is that you never really step away. And I'm sure you've, you know, there's been lots written about people get sick, people get ill. I I remember not long after I started, I got very, very sick. And this is when I literally had no one on the team maybe one other person. And I remember thinking, I just wanted to crawl into bed and not do any work. And I didn't have that luxury. Right. I didn't have that. Like, I was sweating and what have you. And I just sat in bed and work. You don't get that luxury. I am not complaining at all, but there isn't a lot of downtime. And the downtime that I do have, I spend, you know, with my son, my other son has gone off to start his life, but my youngest is still at home and I just spend time with, and that's what keeps me sane. And I try and go outside and go on hikes and things like that. Yeah. More just like little moments rather than. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Okay. So two last questions. Yeah. My First of the two questions is, what are you most excited about thinking about the future of Call of Power? Well, I'm excited in the short term because we have a new product coming out next month that I am so excited about. It's literally, it's amazing. It's going to be another pizza in my mind. So that's really great. And I'm very excited about that. And then in terms of longer term, you know, we have some fantastic plans. We are innovating all the time. We are going into new categories. We have lots of, um, you know, new areas that we're trying. And, you know, innovation is something that, you know, it is our heart. And so um, I'm really excited about all the innovation that we need to order. I love it. And final question which I ask yeah comes on which is a big question but what would you say as your biggest most important piece of advice to a woman who wants to start her own company I would say that the biggest piece of advice is that for someone make you know considering whether to make the jump I think to me Starting a business is a lot like having kids. If you wait for the right time, it's never going to happen. You can't wait for this sign. You can't wait for this moment where you're going to have, you know, complete confidence and complete clarity. And you know that this is the moment in time. 
if you don't do it, it's never going to happen. And for me, I think I knew that this was my sort of last chance to really bet on myself. And I always tell my kids, if you don't do that, no one else is ever going to. And so I think, you know, taking that first step and knowing that it's okay if you don't have a sign, it's actually perfectly normal. And, you know, that's what I did, you know, almost five years ago now. And it was the best decision I've ever made. You are so incredibly inspiring. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Oh my God, back at you. Thank you so much. It's made my day meeting you. Well, me too. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. And if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.